Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Happy Skews Day to you. It's April 11th, 2023. I'm Trey Crowder. That's Mark Agee. What's up, Mark? None, Trey. I'm excited. We're going to be uh, talking with uh, Representative Gloria Johnson, the great state of Tennessee, your home state, mm -hmm. a little bit later about uh, the <laughs> her friends getting kicked out of the state legislature and then being back. And then, uh, you know, how I lost in all this was this is an argument about guns. Um but yeah, there's so much stuff going on. Just a brief list of stuff we can't get to today. Uh, Texas federal judge Mark Kazmarek's Mifepristone, I don't know how to say the word, the abortion drug decision, which is 20, repeals its FDA allowance 23 years later is so crazy that I can't even describe it. Like even right-wing judges are going to smack this down because he found a fetal piece, right of fetal personhood in an amicus brief that no judges ever, anyway, doesn't matter. Um, Alvin Bragg is suing Jim Jordan over meddling in the Trump investigation. Uh, Clarence Thomas got caught uh, going to boat orgies with a Nazi sympathizer. Uh, we'll talk about that on the Patreon episode, I think, <laughs> late this week. Um, people are driving over cases of Bud Light with steamrollers, Trey. Mm -hmm. uh, it was called the beef between Offspring and Travis Tritt. That's right in our wheelhouse, buddy. We can't even get to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, this, this, this kind of is a good opportunity. You referenced it, but this is a good opportunity to plug the Patreon again because a lot of this stuff mm -hmm. will probably come up later this week when we do the Patreon episode. This is the kind of stuff we do over there, so y'all should check it out. The Bud Light thing is – it's funny to me. I'll, I've seen all the different – like it started with Kid Rock shooting them up or whatever, and that, which is something he loves to do, shooting shit up. But he uh, – and also they're steamrolling them and whatnot. And it's funny to me that like these guys are getting together and like we need to – you know, we need to – publicly state our disgust and our intentions to boycott bud light and they're like yeah we should so what should we do he's like well first things first we gotta go buy a shitload of bud light <laughs> and then explode it or whatever but like you know they gotta buy it first to to explode it and it's just uh it's so dumb i saw a viral video earlier of a guy going around his house to all these different mini fridges throwing out bud lights and i think he threw, it was hundreds of bud lights yeah he was throwing away Oh, God, everything's so crazy. It's, it, you got to be really in the weeds to even know what they're complaining about. Bud Light had some sort of promotional deal where they paid for an Instagram post from one trans influencer, and this caused mm -hmm. all this shit. Uh, companies have marketing budgets. They, they have all kinds of influencers. It's not a fucking hey, whatever. Uh, I do want to shout out <laughs> this person, though. Um, Matt sent us this text over the weekend. At Trey's show in Portland, and that's Matt's wife told people at our table that I'm producer Matt, their response, how hard can it be to play a fucking video? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, shout out uh, to that audience member. You're yeah, my favorite, thank you. even though I don't think I met you, but that was tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. Uh, I was walking my dog and almost, uh, and got, was laughing so hard, I almost let her get hit by a car. <laughs> um, my buddy Rob, who's uh, I went to college with, we talked about him before he went to your show in Atlanta. Um, he sent me this text earlier today because he he grew up in like the next county over from mine. I, th this headline, hounded by baseless voter fraud allegations, the entire county's election staff quits in Virginia. This is my home county, Buckingham, Virginia, where I grew up. And I was reading through the article and I'm like, <laughs> the sheriff had to post extra sheriff deputies in like county board meetings because the people, all these people were trying to fight each other. I was like, that guy was my dad's drinking buddy. This is so fucking surreal. Yeah. And the, um, this lady who's nonpartisan, this is a county that went overwhelmingly for Trump. I think Trump got less votes than a lot of Republicans do because he's morally gross, you know, which doesn't play for a lot of the Bible Belt. But like, he still won like 56 to 43 or something. Um, and they're still complaining about like voter fraud because some other election, some Democrat won by nine votes and like some state thing. It's like, and these, these people are accusing this lady of being like a deep state. Like my sister volunteers to work uh, uh, voter uh, voting uh, polling locations in, in our little county. So they're accusing my sister who teaches first grade of being like deep state and rigging the election. It's, this is so fucking stupid, man. Yeah, it is. But, Mark, listen, Virginia is really going to have to step it up still if they want to compete with uh, the likes of my home state of Tennessee and Florida and Texas and the real uh, dipshit Olympics up here. Like, this is just that's just a drop in the bucket, buddy. But, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty rough. All that being said, I guess we'll get into it. Producer Matt is with us, as always, out there not playing videos. Um, he's behind <laughs> the scenes doing his thing. <laughs> this is Weekly Skews. Before we go, oh. I do want 
before I do want to say one of the reasons I want to talk about it is like because we both have well have other jobs and stuff. So Matt hops in the dock I put together like ha- half an hour before the show starts, starts making graphics and pulling video clips, and he's doing it as the show goes. So when when I call for a video or we call for a video, he has to try to go back up and try to find where we're at. But that, that I just want to defend Matt a little bit there. Love you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Also, Matt, I'd say in about. 60 seconds or so i'm gonna be asking for a video okay so if you want to go ahead and get ready for that but anyway <laughs> so anyway uh before we go on i do of course want to remind y'all of a couple of things number one uh if you'd like to see me perform live you can go to treycrowder.com check out the tickets portland was fantastic this past weekend got a bunch of dates coming up the rest of the year and i'm still filling out more for 2023 so go to treycrowder.com Come and save me. It's a good time. Also on TreyCrowder.com, you can find a link to my Amazon special. Damn boy, it's called. You can get it or you can get uh, the whole well-read comedy bundle, which includes mine, Drew Morgan's, and Corey Ryan Forrester's, whatever you want to do. Either way, we hope you'll check them out. Then, lastly, as we said at the top of the show, if you're not already, you should holler at our Patreon. Go to weeklyskews.com slash more or go on Patreon and look me up. Find it on there. $5 a month gets you access to full-length bonus episodes like the one we're going to do later this week on Clarence Thomas and Bud Light and a bunch of other silly shit that's happening in this country. We're having fun with it. We hope you'll consider it, and it would support the show. So please consider going to weeklyskews.com slash more, signing up on there, get some more skews in your life. Now, as for the show tonight, as Mark referenced, we're thrilled to welcome uh, Tennessee State Representative Gloria Johnson, one of the Tennessee Three, the three Democrat legislatures who faced the ire of the Republican counterparts after they stood in solidarity with students protesting gun violence in the state of Tennessee. It's a wild story and has drawn a lot of well-earned scrutiny to the volunteer state. We're going to get some firsthand experience from Representative Johnson a little bit later on. First, though, we, of course, still must begin with the Daily Dumbass. Matt, graphic, please. Tonight's DD, poor kids who should have thought to run for office if they wanted a free lunch. This is in uh, North Dakota. Last month, the Senate voted against House Bill 1491, which would have covered meals for students whose families are below 200% of the poverty line. Yesterday, they voted for Senate Bill 2124, which increases in-state meal reimbursements for state employees, including lawmakers during interim legislative meetings from $35 per day to $45 per day. cut it, Matt. So we talked about the school lunch thing a couple weeks ago because some dumbass state legislator was like, I've never met a hungry person. (laughs) Right? Remember that? Yeah. And then they go and they give themselves a meal allowance uh, raise from $35 a day to $45 a day. Now, all these guys, most people run for state legislatures across America because these are jobs that don't necessarily pay well. You're extremely committed to public service or you have independent money or jobs you want to be at, like, say, owning a car dealership or a dentist office. Right. And they do not need the fucking money. And this drives me. Uh, I I don't. Yeah, even... I, I don't know if, if you know that because you don't have kids, but like and I, I, I'm actually I don't even know if it's Los Angeles County, Burbank School District or California overall. Uh, but either way, like they're the meals at my son's school are just free. Like yeah. they just are just all of them. Like there's no. Uh, poverty test you got to pass or whatever they just uh are free to them so that's like uh it probably cool. saves, it probably saves money because it cuts down on so much administrative costs plus having to like pay for a cashier at the end of the line who has to tell kids no they can't have food if they don't have that ah oh, this is it's so maddening but i was thinking about like this the right wing attitude towards food thinking about this because i was re- listening to a podcast about a supreme court case from missouri where this woman was on like in a vegetative state and on a feeding tube. And because of her wishes, which weren't in written writing, but she told her family and friends, she did not want to be kept alive in a vegetative state. And her family was like, we don't want to put her through this anymore. They tried, they tried to remove her feeding tube and the state forced them to keep it in. Well, it's Supreme court and the, and the Supreme court said, no, this woman has to stay on a feeding tube. So what I'm saying is like, if you don't want to starve, the state right. says, fuck you, you have to starve. But if you want to starve, the state, says, the state says, fuck you, you have to eat. What I'm saying is, they, they just, whatever the most miserable way to be is, they're just for it. 
Yeah, and I don't understand how they, you know, being good, God-fearing Christians who, you know, constantly think of the children, I don't know, and are pro-life and all that. I don't know how you justify shooting down a bill to provide free lunches for children 200% below the poverty line or their families that far below it. Because it's like, and this happens with a lot of their stances all the time. It's like, okay, so then what happens? Like, the kids just starve? And they would, I'm sure they would say like, well, no, nobody's saying that. But it's like, well... I mean, yeah, you are, though. Like, what else is supposed to happen? It's like, well, if their parents can't afford to pay for it, should I have to pay for it? It's like, I would buy a kid lunch if they couldn't afford it. I'm not a Christian. I don't even have Jesus telling me to do it. I just would do that. Like, right. I would, I'd feel terrible if I didn't do it. Like, and, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 uh, I just don't understand it, man. Personal responsibility, Trey. That's why we're rolling right. back child labor protection. So if the kids want to eat, then get a job in the meatpacking plant at the age of eight years old. That's what we're doing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. Our first honorable mention is the mainstream news networks for being too afraid to tell you what's up with people getting naked in Japanese cartoons. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's tentacle porn. Okay. Yeah. I mean, technically, it is tentacle porn, which is its own subgenre, and we're not going to pollute your mind by telling you any more about it than that well so it's tentacle all right porn so trey what do you want to guess he's talking about <laughs> i don't have a clue uh npr is playing all right. npr's a radio so, program they play te- like tentacle porn on the radio is a wild uh you know programming so, choice how does that work yeah so you got this. Is, I wanted to talk about this section about how these, these fucking wing nuts have lost the ability to talk to any sort of normal brain person. So what happened was Elon Musk got mad about some NPR reporting about what's going on at Twitter. So he slapped a label on their account that said state affiliated media or something like that. Like you do with stuff from like Russia Today or Chinese state media. All right. Uh, because NPR gets like 1% of their funding from the federal government or something like that. Not a whole lot, but they used to, back when we used to fund stuff like public radio, it used to be more. Anyway, NPR, like every publication, does human interest stories. And I guess they'd done something about romance novels and, and the people that are really into them and like writing them. And so one of them was a lady who talked about tentacle porn and romance novels. So they here we are. So now we have a national TV program one of those popular shows on cable it's technically news devoting time to talking about tentacle porn so how important is this to your life Trey? <laughs> right no yeah well i mean you know this is clearly this is the decay of western civilization mark so pretty darn important if you're a papal sitting there worrying about the state of the world today hear yeah. this lord what's the country coming to got tentacle Here's porn that. on the public radio uh yeah it's absurd Here's another thing they're up in arms about uh, about this week. Up where they woke, Fox News and others panic about Little Mermaid lyric changes. Oh, yeah. All right. So the, the com- upcoming- well, They were already action. mad at this movie, right? I mean, right, this movie Ariel's- was woke from the jump for because our, our Ariel is uh, not white in it. So it was already right. on their hit list. We all know mermaids are white, Trey. I, every, every mermaid. You ever met a non-white <laughs> mermaid? I haven't. Think Splash, uh, other yeah. stuff, you know? <laughs> So <laughs> the, whoever's doing the music for it mentioned, no one even knows what the new lyrics are, but talked about their updates on the lyrics because they want to make it clear that like when the princess, you know, romancing Ariel, it was a little pushy, I guess, in the cartoon. I don't remember. What are you wanting to make it more clear that she's consenting to this romantic, you know, entanglement? <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, entanglement. Yeah. Pretend they don't have sex. It doesn't. You know what's good for romantic entanglements, Mark? Tentacles. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tentacle form. Yeah. There you go. So, like, imagine talk. You're trying. You're trying to talk to a regular person, and you're like, the "Little Mermaid's woke." And you're like, okay, "Yeah, what? They, they're all, you know, what, a lot of fish are trans." So is that what we're doing? <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> like, no, no. Uh, you know, is it like because there's a male seahorse character who's pregnant? Because male seahorses do get pregnant. No, it's not that. What is it? The, the song lyrics are slightly changed to make it clear that Ariel actually likes this guy who's pursuing it. Right. Like, Okay, but I'm, I got to go buy groceries. What the fuck are you talking about? I know. The woke agenda at work. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not like, Katie's a huge, my wife's a huge uh, Disney, big Disney adult. And we went to uh-huh. see the, went and see the Dungeons and Dragons movie last week, which I highly recommend, by the way. It's a, it's a very fun time. And on the way out, they had this huge promo poster set up for the Little Mermaid movie. And Katie's like, ooh, or whatever. And I was like, oh, man. But not because it's woke, just because, you know, 
It's a live action gonna, Disney yeah, cartoon. Like, have to I, sit don't, it. Yeah, I don't want to have to yeah. sit through it. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to, you know, and be subjected to the woke agenda. So are you saying you're making a part. choice to maybe not go see a movie that's not intended for you? That's crazy. Uh, so, but like this, like if you're a normal, normal voter in America, you're just like, I just want my potholes fixed. And they're like, but Little mm-hmm. Mermaid's woke. I'm like, well, what's yeah, the right. government going to do about it? <laughs> and so I saw, I, I saw a clip of Ron DeSantis speaking in Michigan yesterday where he literally used the woke, for word woke like seven times in 15 seconds. He was basically doing his version of the Winston Churchill speech. Like we will, we you know that we will fight in the beaches, we'll fight yeah. in the cities, we'll fight in the streets, right. we'll fight in the hills. Yeah, and he was like, we'll fight woke in the schools, woke in the hospitals, woke in the, hospitals, woke yeah. in the, in the coffee shops, in the strip clubs, and mm-hmm. the comic books, and the public radio, right, yeah. in the movie so theaters. The, the Wall Street Journal uh, polled wokeness. <laughs> There's been a couple of these polls actually recently. So the headline is hilarious. America pulls back from values that once defined it, but that's not at all what the poll they're referring to is like less people go to church than they used to. And less people, um, uh, say they rank their job as their number one priority in my, in their life. Yeah. Cause nobody wants to work anymore, Mark. Right there. Right. You see it. Right, so right there. Black and white right there for you to see. That's their interpretation. But they also pulled stuff like, like here, here's one question, which concern, uh, which of these concerns are you uh, most about schools these days? Some schools may teach books and topics that some students and their parents feel are inappropriate or offensive. Got 36%, still too high. But the other one, some schools may ban books, got 61%. All right. The voters are woke, Trey. Uh, (laughs) Here's another one. Uh, Is there a society gone too far, not gone far enough, or is it about right uh, for each of these questions? Uh, Accepting transgender people. Too far is 43%, too high, but not going far enough is 33 and about rights 23. So 56 to 43, uh, we like trans people or fine with trans people. Um, equality between men and women, only 12% of people think that America's gone too far, too much equality between men and women. It's the other two numbers are 48 and 38. Like they just like, they're so far out of touch with like where people are at. And I wish like both public officials would realize how left wing a lot or Left wing is like the word for it, just how like go about their own business people are and not busybodies. Um, and right. like, it's just like, I don't understand how this shit gets filtered through to them. It's like, that's the scary part is they're true believers in this shit. Cause I was, I was talking to my wife about this earlier, but in 2004, one of the reasons Bush got reelected is even though Bush privately had a lot of gay friends, he publicly was anti-gay marriage and they put a lot of anti-gay marriage initiatives on state, uh, on, uh, uh, on state ballots to, to juice conservative turnout. Right. Yep. That was a cynical move, but at least it made sense. They're going the opposite direction here. They're throwing away votes to be mean for no electoral benefit. And it's like, right. they, they, like here's an, uh, another poll about uh, uh, air quote wokeness. A majority of Americans say Republicans should spend less time talking about wokeness uh, and by a net 31% margin, 55 to uh, whatever minus 55 minus 31 is. Uh, even Republicans is a 28 by 28 point margin. They can just stop talking about fucking wokeness. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's like you said, it's like most people just want like to, you know, if you're like Republican, you just want to keep more of their paycheck and, you know own their arsenal or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, feed your family, all that good red blooded American shit. And now, yeah, it's the little mermaid and M&Ms and all this stuff. And it's hard to imagine that people actually care a- about it, but, it, but dude, I, I mean, they wouldn't, I mean, they wouldn't be doing this all the time. If like the, the shows weren't doing good numbers or whatever, like Tucker Carlson and them, like the, the hardcore right. eyeballs and stuff. Yeah. They must be into this shit we- because, they wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't playing, I feel like. But you and I work in show business, right? And we know that everything's so nichified that, like, if you get a million viewers, you're a hit. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that, that's basically all this is. But, like, electorally, like, they're pushing the, the same culture war button over and over again. And it's getting more and more fucking boring except for stuff for us to laugh at, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, some other numbers that I found interesting. Uh, this is from a story recently, and this connects to tonight's main topic. Why Republicans are overreaching so hard in so many states. 
And the entire piece is basically about how they're so gerrymandered and feel so powerful. It doesn't really matter what voters think anymore. They can just pull these levers and do stuff like eject duly elected legislators. But uh, the numbers in there I found interesting are some 76% of Americans tell pollsters that they're fine with schools teaching ideas that might make students uncomfortable. And a clear majority of all Americans, 64%, think abortion should be legal in most or all cases. And about the same number of Americans as 64% say there should be laws protecting transgender individuals from discrimination. So America, the people are mostly fine. America, right. the leadership <laughs> and the media class are fucking crazy. So, yeah. Well, what's the, I mean, like in the getting into the top of these states, like, uh, like mine have these Republican super majorities and everything. And like you said, they just don't, it's like, they don't have to care about the voters anymore because they've, you know, gerrymandered themselves into so much power. But I mean, what can you, you know, do about that? <laughs> like, like it's a pretty grim outlook, isn't it? Because as long as they keep that, but set it's cyclical. They're set up to keep that power, and then they use that power to make sure that they always keep that power and abuse a whole bunch of other shit as well. But yeah, well, you fight for the stuff they can't gerrymander, like statewide elections. Like for example, like Andy Bashir is a Democratic governor in Kentucky, and they they got a supermajority. They can override his vetoes, but he get like you just. Statewide judges like uh, Protosewitz won in Wisconsin, awesome, uh, last Tuesday. So now you, you, hopefully there will be cases that go before the court will create more fair maps and create an actual fucking democracy in Wisconsin. And I don't know exactly, I, I don't know if Tennessee has elected Supreme Court judges or not, or whether Bashir has to stay in law, office long enough to appoint more. I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with, Tennessee, not familiar with Tennessee's government, but like, there's got to be stuff. <laughs> There's got to be ways to organize, uh, uh, you know, out of this shit because it's just like it's a it's it's Chinese finger cuffs, man. It's like it's a, it's a hell of a truck truck to be in. Yeah, well, speaking of Tennessee's government not understanding it, we'll get uh, let's do some table setting here, reminding you guys. I'm sure most of our audience is already aware, uh, but um, so Tennessee last week there was uh, well, as you okay, there was this another school shooting in Nashville, horrible. Couple weeks. Talk about that. The Covenant, the Covenant school shooting. Yeah. Covenant school shooting. As a result of that, a lot of young Tennesseans took to the streets in protest and went to the Capitol, demanding something be done about gun violence in the state. As part of this protest, they were joined by three Democrat lawmakers: Gloria Johnson, Justin Jones, Justin Pearson, uh, at the state house. This resulted in the Republican supermajority in power threatening those three with expulsion. Then last Thursday. They did vote to expel Justin Jones and Justin Pearson, two young black men, and Gloria Johnson. Our guest tonight was saved by one vote and allowed to keep her seat. Since then, a special committee, because of how the rules are written, uh, has reinstated Justin Jones in Nashville and hoping for the same for Justin Pearson in the future. But it's just been insane. It's garnered nationwide scrutiny. All eyes are on Tennessee and have been because, you know, in my opinion, it's uh, – literally fascism in action. These people were silenced yeah. and their voters, their constituents disenfranchised uh, because they what stood with the people uh, as part of a, no, Trey, they, they used a bullhorn. Right. That was the big offense. They used a bullhorn. Yes. Uh, so. And so just, so uh, uh, Justin Jones was reinstated by the Nashville city council who voted 36 to zero to send him back to the, <laughs> To, to the state house. He was sworn in last night. Um, it was a pretty cool scene. It was awesome, awesome photos and video footage of uh, Gloria by his side. And for the record, like, I just want to say because, uh, um, Representative Johnson, sorry, um, uh, she made it clear that her opinion is the only reason she wasn't kicked out was because of racism, which is a fair take, but also just means one guy was was ra- <laughs> was motivated solely by racism because you only say about one vote. But also just like the reason we're interviewing uh, Representative Johnson uh, is because Jones and Pearson are busy getting their seats back and doing a ton of media coverage and also trade and uh, has a personal relationship with her. I don't want to be like, we got, you know, I'm going to say we got her because she's a white lady. <laughs> <laughs> now I've known about, and I've known about and uh, been a fan of Gloria Johnson for a while now. And so with that said, let's say we go ahead and get her out here. Our guest tonight is a retired school teacher in the current Democrat representative for the Knoxville district in the Tennessee state house, Gloria Johnson, everybody. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm doing all right. Uh, yeah. Living in crazy time 
right now. But Absolutely. <laughs> so as I was just saying, uh, I've been a fan of yours for a while. So, And I, as a Tennessee, and I happen to know that this is not your first rodeo with taking these uh, assholes to task. I've seen plenty of clips either posted by the Tennessee Holler or sent to me by my sister or whatever of you on the house floor uh, you know, for lack of a better term, keeping it real, giving them the business, you know, trying to call them out and whatnot. And you faced repercussions for it before. They like moved your office to a broom closet, took your window away, pet, very <laughs> super mature, grown up things like that. But yes. obviously this incident though is on a whole other level. And so I'm wondering from your perspective, why do you think that what, what was, what was it about this that just pushed them so far that to make them react this way how dare you break the rules get up and talk when we haven't allowed you to talk as if we are there to speak to them or we work for them we work for the voters who sent us there and the voters who sent us there want us to speak up against gun violence we wanted to recognize the thousands of teenagers toddlers parents and grandparents who were there that day to say, we want something done about gun violence. We have been silenced on the floor. Our mics were cut. They didn't give us the opportunity to do welcoming and honoring as we usually do every morning when we go into session. So we were not able to acknowledge all the thousands of folks who were there. And we felt like they had been there, they had been there for a while, and they should at least be acknowledged. And we were compelled to go up um, between bills. One member had just finished running their bill, was going back to their seat. We went up between bills, spoke on the mic. Um, we pretty much figured, as happens all the time on the House floor, the Speaker cut the mic and um, called for a recess. So that's when uh, one of the members had a bullhorn, a mini bullhorn, and used that to go ahead and say what we wanted to say to the folks who were there and um, corresponded in a chant with the folks in the gallery. Um, and that was all during a recess and lasted maybe five minutes. It's remarkable the rumors that they started about what was really going on, um, that what wasn't going on, and the speaker's idea that he said it was worse than the insurrection. And he feared for his life. I'm not sure exactly if it was the three-year-old or the 14-year-old that was going to take his life, but that's where we were. Yeah, I saw that, that they were comparing it to, to, to January 6th, which is just funny because the, the problem with January 6th wasn't that it was a protest. Trey and I talked about the day it happened, but like, I don't have a problem with like occupying a state house and chanting. It was like the goal we disagree with and the killing of the people. Um, but so the, the, so this is all about decorum, but they, they bring it. I read they bring a cowbell costly on the house floor. Is, is yes. Right? Andy Holt used to do that. He absolutely <laughs> did. You know, and let's not mention that we had an admitted child molester on the floor for years that they protected and helped reelect. I yep. tried to bring expulsion on him and they said, well, you know, his members, his voters knew it and sent him here anyway. So we can't undo what they did. So, OK, let's, let's keep the admitted child molester on the education committee. Great idea. I told, Great idea, guys. I told Mark before we started that I know exactly what you're talking about because that guy represents my wife's hometown. That's where my wife and all my in-laws are from. That. And so I know that I remember when he was up for re-election and it's a small town. Everybody did know it. Like It was like more than an open secret. It was public knowledge, which, uh, you know, the incidents with his former students and all this stuff. And then he still ends up back in the state house. But yes, but you said or Mark was talking about the decorum. That's that's the words they use. You like you guys, they say, violated the rules of decorum. And so technically, in the way the laws are the bylaws are written, that gives them the rights, and I'm using air quote, to expel you all. But you told me in a, a direct message, they've only done that what two or three other times before, and the other times were kind of different, right? Yeah, in modern history, two times, and that would have been Jeremy Durham a few years back and he had sexually harassed or assaulted 22 people at, while at the Capitol. <laughs> and then Christ. there was 21 <laughs> 19, yeah, right. Um, 
I believe one of them was underage. Um, and so let's see. Uh, and then there was the fel- the the fellow with the bribe, bribe. Yeah, felony. Yeah. Uh, so this is who it was. And then we have to go all the way back to 1866 to members who did not show up and refused to show up to vote on the 14th Amendment. They were expelled. Uh, so, yeah. So, sorry, I just want to, this is part of the, they killed me the most. Like, they, 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 I, I was reading about how just this has gotten generally crazy. Like, in Tennessee, like a bunch of like Republicans have quit because things have gotten so crazy. They didn't think they could win primaries. Um, this move to expel uh, uh, Representatives Pearson and Jones, uh, to just to sum up how crazy this is, this was condemned by a disgraced and indicted former chief of staff of the House Speaker who was caught texting, quote, black people are idiots. All right. That's how fucking extreme and stupid this was. It's just absolutely insane. Um, yep. Sorry, go ahead. We're talking about members who uh, have peed in each other's chair <laughs> because yeah. they got into it. Yeah, so, those are two Republicans, we right? Decorum. We broke decorum. Yeah, that was right. read about. I don't know if yeah. you guys. I don't know if you're aware, but you know that was Thursday. Then on Monday night, House floor, and um, they are reading the expulsion resolutions. And as they do, the people in the gallery get pretty ticked, and they get loud and start chanting. I think they were chanting "fascist, fascist." Yeah. And um, and so then the troopers come up, and a lot of members on the floor, both sides of the aisle were videotaping as the troopers were removing people. Um, and at that point, one of the Republican members from Knoxville turned around, shoved Justin Jones and stole his phone from him. And so there was this, it looked like what's a football, you know, a fight of fans on the, on the basketball field court or something when they all get into a rumble and, um, and they, it took a few minutes to be everybody was trying to pull everybody apart. That was a bigger disruption, which included an assault and theft of somebody, a member's phone and nothing was said and nobody had a problem with that, but try to speak for your constituents. You're out. And yeah. It's not even like all you guys are doing was talking. We all live in reality. There's, there's a little chance of them actually passing anything. You're just shaming them over that fact. Um, but they, they didn't, just didn't want to be shamed, which is like, Talking about shame, that the, the guy you're talking about who um, confessed on tape, well, he, he apologized to the girls he allegedly molested. I'm using the word allegedly because I don't want to get sued, but his name's Representative David Byrd. The, yep. the peeing situation was two Republicans fighting over tweets or something. One of them got mad and pissed on another one's seat. Um, there's a current state senator who admitted to illegally dealing drugs to employees and family members, and also a woman he was sleeping with, but I repeat myself because the woman he was sleeping with was his second cousin. He's still in office. Uh, <laughs> yes, this is just he was cheating on it. He was cheating on his fourth wife with his cousin and prescribed her <laughs> uh, opiates illegally. Yeah, well, I mean, I told Mark when he told me that I was like, well, depending on the county he represents, that could be archetypal representation right there. You know, I don't know. Like it's a, <laughs> but you if know, you really yeah, want to okay. get entertained, go back and read the scene and read um, the uh, notes from the divorce and. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it, it's just unbelievable. That's all I can so, say. I want to know, it <laughs> seems to me as a, you've been, you've served multiple non-consecutive terms, correct? Right. Like in, yes. and so uh, even in that amount of time, like the evolution, I guess the devolution de- de- of the Republican party in Tennessee and the way they conduct themselves. Like it just seems like it's just really getting out of hand in an embarrassing fashion. Like your firsthand experience in dealing with them. I mean, has it been like that? And how do you keep, uh, you know, how do you stay sane? <laughs> having to do that? It's really interesting because in 13 and 14, that first time I went up there, you know, we disagreed on a lot of stuff, but we could still talk to each other, cut up, that sort of thing. But that, when I came back in 18, it just, it doesn't work like that anymore. There's a meanness and a mean-spiritedness spiritedness that is just remarkable. And this year is even worse because the freshman class, they're a bunch of extremists. And yeah. uh, it's just, it's kind of unbelievable. I mean, 
I haven't even scratched the surface of the things that I can tell you that they are doing. I mean, I had, we had the dis- disgraced speaker in 2018, the one with the yeah. racist and the misogynist text, the one that is currently under multiple indictments and awaiting trial. He sat on the House floor for three years after all that stuff happened and came out. Three right. years sat on the floor. And then Robin Smith, who was involved in the wire fraud and the fake LLC and all of that, she not only sat on the on the floor for a year or two, but she was also in leadership, was chair of a committee, and nothing happened to her. It's yeah, that uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. The uh, the disgraced former yeah, I mean, it absolutely is. Like the, the disgraced speaker, just because this is funny, like uh, he had to explain why his text message trail included discussions of pole dancing women and his chief of staff's sexual encounters in the bathroom of a hot chicken restaurant. That's very Nashville. Um, so <laughs> so I guess uh, Representative Pearson has heard heard rumors that if a Memphis, the Memphis City Council or, uh, or whatever uh, government entity there is, is is tasked with deciding whether or not he's reappointed, if he's done so, they're, they're threatening to withhold $350 million to uh, a funding to Memphis. Have you heard anything about that? This is this is what Nashville does. They are all about retaliating on someone that wrongs them as they see it. When they don't get their way, they throw a kicking, screaming tantrum. This is a kicking, screaming tantrum. We're not going to give you this money for your stadium if you all appoint this fella. And I mean, it's Justin's, we're talking about it, but it's been in the press. And so um, they better watch themselves. If, if they do that when everybody is aware of what's going on, you know, but this, it, these, it's like a crime syndicate. I've said that for years, you know, I don't, they didn't call HR did not call the two Justins before the expulsion to meet with them. They called me the 60 year old woman who has some health problems. They're fine if I keep them in check, but they called me and said, we want to talk to you about your benefits. And I said, okay. And they come into my office and the head of HR says, well, I just want you to know if you're expelled, then you will lose your health care. You will not be able to keep your health care. And I said, well, I was curious about that. I know when Durham was expelled, he lost his health care and he's suing to get it back. And she said, yes. And that lawsuit is still going on. And I said, well, you know, I'm aware of that, but oh, oh well. And then she also came in with the ethics attorney. And so the ethics attorney says to me, well, you know, a couple of years ago, there was a member who was potentially going to be expelled. And when he found out he might lose his health benefits, he decided to resign. So if you huh. resign, you won't lose your health benefits. Hmm. That's like uh, you told them in a crime syndicate. I yeah. see. Yeah, right. It'd be a shame if something were to happen to those health benefits of yours. Uh, I mean, that's that's a direct echo of the scene in The Godfather, where where they go to talk to that witness in federal prison and insinuate if he kills himself, they'll take care of his family, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. you, I wanted to ask you. You said uh, you said you know they better watch it if they go through something like this. Everybody knows what's going on. I've in the intervening time since all this has gone down, I've heard from a lot of my uh, friends that are really politically engaged, people that like work either in politics or ancillary to politics, like all around the country, not just in Tennessee. They're all progressives. You know, everybody that I'm talking about, everybody's texting me anyway. And I've seen a number of them say some version of like, you know, I think they might have overplayed their hand this time. It's like, I think this might be a bridge too far. Like they may live to regret this. They've it's, this is too much for people. They've, you know, energized the youth in Tennessee against them. And, you know, the, the typical suburban voters are, you know, not going to be able to stomach this type of thing or just it, optimism essentially is what I'm getting at. And I'm wondering where you stand on all of that. Do you, where you're at on the optimism scale and how you feel about the fallout from this going forward? I couldn't do it if I wasn't hopeful. I I couldn't do this job if I don't see things that are giving me hope. And these young people, they're so smart. They're so savvy. They know how to get, they're going to stand up. They're going to speak up. They're not going to stop. They're not going to back down. They care deeply. They're passionate about issues like gun violence and climate change, and uh, so many things, and equality for certain. 
And I don't think they're going to back down and they have wakened a sleeping giant because this is a multiracial, multi-generational movement. And I think that is the beauty of it. Um, we are all joining together, gathering forces, and we are going to fight. And these young people are going to lead us. I said the other day, you know, I'm a teacher, always been a teacher, teacher at heart. You stay a teacher. But I said, I am being taught by these young people. And, and I'm listening and I'm open. I think we should continue to learn our entire lives. But learning from these young people is wonderful. We walked out of the, of the Capitol the other night and uh, it was a, the, they had the March for Our Lives that set up a, a rally. Um, they had this brilliant stage and sound equipment and all the press across the country lined up. And they do this, you know, on their own. These young folks are brilliant. They uh, know the issues. They know them in depth. And it's just great that they are becoming so active and they're, they're just not going to back down. And I want to lift them up and lift those voices up and make sure that we actually get something done when it comes to gun violence. Now, well, I, I, I was just about to say, I was going to circle back to that too. It's like, it's kind of a, you know, an unfortunate unintended consequence of all the insanity that's happened is it's like it, you know, it's sort of it's distracted somewhat from the original impetus for the protest in the first place, which were about gun violence. And these like you saw these young people, because I was inspired, too. I saw that. I was like, oh, thank God that, you know, it gave me some hope for Tennessee because it's hard to be hopeful in recent times. But I'm always, you know, I want to thank the young people are are going to be good and will be our future and all that. And then you see something <laughs> like that and it makes you actually believe it. Uh, but, but then obviously it gets sidelined by their insanity. And we played some clips on here from some of those interactions. Like there was, you know, one of the Republican congressmen just straight up saying, yeah, we're not going to fix it. There was another one. These kids confronted him and he was like, he was like, well, tell me what kind of gun you would prefer to be shot with, you know, cause you're talking about AR 15s or whatever. And it's like, they're just, being openly disrespectful and noncommittal about everything and just seem not to care at all until you guys got involved and they saw an opportunity to, you know, really show their asses. But so that part of it is not lost on, on you guys, right. Or on the movement or on the kids or whatever. Like they're still, they didn't, it's not like that's just over. People didn't just give right. up on that part. That still matters. Yeah, and every one of us, we make sure that when we're doing any press or anything, we want to make this about gun violence and ending gun violence. Um, one of the same people that you said, what kind of gun do you want to be shot with, was yeah. also the fellow who said, well, I don't care what it takes. If we need a tank in front of every school, we're going to do that. Well, that's outrageous. As a teacher, I don't want to have to walk past the tank to go into my classroom and teach my kids. And... The reality is, why? Well, hey, I've got an idea, guys. Nobody has mentioned guns in the entire conversation about how to make schools safer, except for giving guns to teachers. That's brilliant. But right. um, they, I want to stop the guns from getting to the schoolhouse door. They, apparently, they want gunfights at the schoolhouse door where that's <laughs> right. going to get people hurt. Why don't we stop it before the guns ever get to the schoolhouse door or the bank door? or the grocery store door. That's what we should be doing, prevent it. Why aren't we talking about preventing instead of, hey, bring the battle to the schoolhouse. We'll have plenty of guns there. I, I just don't. don't you can be that stupid. I know, well, and I don't know how, because I'm sure some of them probably don't, but most of these guys, I think, have kids of their own, and I have kids. You were a teacher, and I just don't know how you could be that callous or not care at all, especially if you have your own children. Because, like, we live in Southern California now, and in the couple of weeks since the shooting in Nashville, we've gotten – my wife and I have got two separate emails from the school district where we live in about uh, credible threats of gun violence at high schools in this area. So it's like – it's just it's very real and it's terrifying to me. And I don't know how they just don't feel any of that or just don't, or it's like, oh, that's a, you know, it's it's worth it for freedom and assault rifles or whatever. Like if, you know, a few more kids have to get shot, then that's just the price we're going to have to pay. Like, I just can't I can't wrap my mind around that mentality as a I, father, you know, I think it goes back to a lot of with Republicans until it happens in their immediate family. They don't care about right. it. But when That's it true. does, sometimes that's the thing. 
you know, oh, when somebody is gay in their family, then maybe they have some concern for the LGBTQ right. community or, you know, something like that. Well, maybe if one of their family members. Um, but it's it's just remarkable that you can be so callous. And I have been, I, I guess I can't say that I'm shocked. Well, I'm always shocked. I hope I never am not shocked at their callousness and their lack of concern for children because I had to bring to the issue the issue to light of DCS and what was happening in yeah. our DC. We kept that in the press for two years, and they are finally doing something this session. It's not enough, but it's going to do something. It is going to be a help, and we're going to keep pushing. But, I mean, we shouldn't – they talk about, oh, we're defending the kids from drag shows. Right. Oh, really? While kids are sleeping in offices – for three months at a time for teenagers who can't shower for a week. I mean, really? Well, also they just, they just had a whole bunch of kids march on the state house. Like you were there with them. Did any of them bring up drag shows? Were any of them like, (laughs) Oh, also while we're at it, yeah, these drag shows are really freaking us out too. Uh, I somehow doubt that that came up. Well, yeah, just like one year of campaigning, not one door I knocked on, not one person I talked to on the phone wanted a bill against drag queens. They did, however, the polling in my district, which is red East Tennessee, the polling in my district showed that even the majority of Republicans in my district wanted red flag laws, both um, Republicans and Democrats and also an overwhelming amount of independents as well. These people are listening to the NRA and the American Rifle Association and ignoring their yep. very own constituents. I did want to say that, like, I do appreciate, like, in every interview I've seen uh, with uh, uh, representatives <coughs> Jones and Pearson and you, you always, you guys always turn it back to the gun control issue because I know the national media is really interested in the spectacle of like the the, the fight, and I get that. And it's good to use that attention to like for the actual issue, but like the two things I found really inspiring. Um, where the thousands of kids protesting in front of the Capitol chanting fuck Bill Lee and uh, the, the image when, uh, the, when just uh, uh, Jones and Pearson were expelled of a mom from covenant church, uh, the covenant church school hugging him in appreciation. That's gotta be, that's a, that's a hardcore evangelical church school. It's gotta be a mom who's otherwise a very Republican voter in most instances. And they're on the same side of this. And I was like, yes, it, it, we're all on the same side of it. You know, and, it's, and- it's Many families from Covenant have reached out to thank us. Teachers from Covenant have reached out to me um, just as because they know I'm an educator. They know that I was teaching in a school at, in Knoxville at Central when we had a school shooting and lost a student, Ryan McDonald. So, you know, when you've seen that, when you see the kids traumatized from that, you, it doesn't go away. You don't forget it. And um, people need to understand that this is real. This is trauma. And it's happening far too much. This generation that are out there protesting, they grew up knowing that a school shooting was a possibility. You know, that was mm-hmm. not a possibility when I was in school. And right. it really does um, uh, change the way you view the world and the way you view the adults who are supposed to be taking care of you. And they want change and they want it now. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know how they don't view that as a problem for their long-term prospects, Republicans, I mean. You know what I mean? Like, they like that's the thing I've been thinking for so long. It's like they seem so dedicated to, like, alienating as many types of people as they possibly can in this country, except for just, like, the base. You know what I mean? Just, like, straight white Christian conservatives or whatever. And uh, I just don't understand how that's supposed to work long term. But you got things like gerrymandering. They rigged the system. And so, you know, we before you came on earlier, Mark was going over these poll numbers from the Wall Street Journal about how the majority of Americans are not uh, overly concerned with woke stuff or critical race theory or things like that. But it's all you ever hear them talk about. I did want to ask, because you're an educator, about that part of it, too. Critical race theory banning books, all that stuff, also being done in the name of protecting the children, right? As a lauded uh, longtime teacher what do you, in Tennessee, what do you think about all that? It's terrifying to me that we are stopping basically any discussion of race. Anybody knows that if you want to make sure that we don't have racism, we have to have those tough conversations. 
Um, and, and it's just had a chilling effect. But the idea that we're even stopping race conversations in college, I mean, I thought that was where we went to learn and discuss new ideas and, and disagree and debate and hash those things out. I'm embarrassed and I'm ashamed that I live in a state that wants to whitewash history for all kids and for young adults in college because they're afraid that in a few years um, they're not going to be in charge. That's what it amounts Mm. to. Right. I want to do, um, speaking of race stuff and racism, um, part of the context for this and how this, this, like this popped off in the news, made national news this week and late last week. But like part of the context here is one of speaker Sexton's longtime beefs with, Representative Jones was that he was leading protests in the Capitol over the Nathan Bedford Forrest statue that has since been removed from the state Capitol, right? Is is that that part of this? It has been removed, and and the Speaker Sexton was one of the main members who wanted to keep it. Both he and Lieutenant Governor Randy Randy McNally were both (laughs) supporters. Yeah, we know Randy. (laughs) Keeping the bust. And so, you know, Justin Jones led a protest out on Legislative Plaza for 62 days. And I visited with them a lot. You know, he's been present for a long time. And they tried to um, drum up charges and that sort of thing. But they've always been thrown out because, you know, there's never anything that they're able to prove. And because it just it just didn't happen. But, you know, it's interesting that that Thursday when they said it was the insurrection, the THP said that there was no skirmish, there was no damage, no one was arrested, you know, no problems. Um, But still yet, I'm getting calls at the office saying, you did an insurrection and you should go to Gitmo and, you know. Do you, uh, I wanted to ask, because we, we, Intimated this last week, but it hadn't become public. We didn't know if he was going to talk about it. But uh, uh, the, the, the run me of his name, uh, Trey, the guy from Tennessee Hall, Justin Canoe, Ju- Justin, um, a lot of Justins involved in this story. Um, <laughs> so he, uh, his house was shot at. And so if you guys this don't is know, the Tennessee he runs- Holler, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is yeah for the Tennessee Holler stuff we've featured a lot on here. He's come on the show before, talked to us. He's a uh, he also takes these guys to task. He'll he'll go down to the state house and grill these Republicans, you know, asking uh-huh. trying to like lay bare their hypocrisies and making them, you know, speak straight and all this type of stuff. And and he does all this and puts it out on social media and everything. And anyway, so that's who we're talking about. He, and Mark, he's ahead. also the one who found Randy Randy McNally's uh, yep. Facebook <laughs> comments to that uh, fabulous uh, gay influencer he was a fan of. Um, yeah. So. So I was going to ask, do you feel safe? I mean, you're talking about the threats you're getting, but they were just like, you should go to Gitmo. You should pay, you should be hanging for treason or whatever. But like, or have you got any like personal threats of personal attack? You know, I, I, you, you get nervous about that. But my dad, my dad was FBI. And I, when I was in, we lived in Mississippi and then the KKK threatened to kill our family. We had to move out of our house for a few weeks while the FBI moved into our house because Dad arrested some guys who blew up, a, some KKK members who blew up a synagogue. So um, my dad taught me to be smart, and that's not saying something could happen, but I'm not going to live in fear of these people. I mean, you know, sometimes a moron could hurt you, but um, <laughs> I, I think that, that I'm not really sure they leave their basement. But uh, <laughs> right. clearly some do, and, you know, the fact that, Justin's house got shut up and I shot up and I believe a bullet went through his three-year-old's bedroom window. Um, it's crazy. terrifying to me. And I, and I attribute that directly to this narrative that, that Cameron Sexton started with this idea that this was, I was, a, he went on Halloran Hill and said, I was afraid for my life. And uh, he went on Fox news and said, this was as bad as the insurrection, if not worse. It's not worse. <laughs> yeah. What do you, I mean, uh, what do you do? I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's, I mean, I, you have to find yourself asking yourself that question all the time, right? Like, what do I even do with that? What do you like? I, I mean, yeah. I mean, when you interact I was with these people, in committee, I'm sitting in committee and they're, they're bringing, they have a bill 
to bring back the firing squad and the electric chair. And then one of the members go, and, you know, I, come, I, I argue against the bill. And then another member decides, well, I bill. I'd like to sign on to your bill. And um, I would like to add hanging by a tree. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm just sitting there going, what the hell? Yeah, you just advocated for hate crimes in this committee? Every day yeah, it's insane. like, oh my God, um, they, what? They, they, it's like Nathan Bedford Forrest wasn't even a good general. Like, he, <laughs> the main things he did was known for murdering black prisoners of war and starting the clan like he didn't even do anything yeah. i'm putting good in air quotes for their podcast listeners but like he wasn't even like a tactician it wasn't like he, he's made, not even- yeah. he made a million dollars on trading slaves in that mm-hmm. time and um murdered a bunch of black soldiers who were surrendering 300 i think mm-hmm. somewhere around 300 at fort pillow and then um he was the first kkk grand wizard and he's mm-hmm. in a place of honor in our capital that our black members have to walk past every day going into the House or Senate floor. I mean, outrageous. Outrageous. It is outrageous. But outrageous is the name of the game in Republican politics uh, today, especially at the state level. So we are uh, we are uh, running short on time, but I did want to give you an opportunity if you'd like to, if you want to let the audience know, like, Anything you think they need to know, anything they should be aware of, follow how they can get engaged, what they can do, any of that type of stuff, whatever kind of messaging you got, please hit us with it. Absolutely. You know, we need more people in this movement. So many people have asked, what can I do? How can I help? So you can follow me on Twitter at VoteGloriaJ, RepGloriaJohnson on Instagram and on Facebook. But um, you can reach out to me by messaging me in any of those um, venues. And I, if depending on what your issue is, I can connect you with groups fighting for that. Or if you want to get involved in campaigns, I can help you with that. Or if you want to run for office, young folks, especially think about that, but please reach out if there's anything you want to know, if you want to get involved and we'll find a way to make that happen because it's going to be the voices of these folks. And that's why today our governor uh, did an executive order for enhanced background checks and ask the legislature to pass a red flag bill. And that is because of everyone's voices that have spoken up. Absolutely. Well, you're awesome. You've long been awesome. Keep being awesome. I'm thank you very much for taking the time to come on here and, and uh, speak with us on our humble program and uh, keep it up. That's all I can say. Thank you. All right. Thanks for thank having you, me. Uh, thank you so Bye much, guys. Representative Johnson, and uh, your you. national treasure. Stay safe. And I hope you get Speaker of the House. If only so you get an office with a window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Representative Gloria Johnson, everybody. Yeah. Um, Anyway, Matt, if you've got a couple of questions and comments or whatever you want to throw up there, I'm uh, looking for something because I, I, I said I was going to read this. Uh, you talk about getting involved in things like that. Some of y'all may know this. Some of y'all may not. One of my patrons who goes by Sweet Gwendolyn on my Patreon this week posted this comment, uh, letting everybody know that they had discovered that it's way more uh, accessible and possible to get engaged with some of this stuff if you want to. I said, I live in Austin, Texas. I've discovered you can park for free and just go inside the Capitol building and use a kiosk to say whether or not you support or oppose a bill. The end and you're done. But if you're really feeling motivated, you can sign yourself up to speak about it for two minutes whenever it's being heard in committee. If you don't live in the Capitol, you can still submit written testimony electronically. And obviously, you can always call up your representatives and whatever. So you have a lot of options for getting involved in voicing, uh, you know, letting your voice be heard on these things. So just so everybody knows, Patricia Pairing says, thank you, Representative Johnson. It was enlightening. Before we... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You read that comment. Jasmine Parker says, amazing interview. Thanks. Now, thank you, Jasmine. Appreciate it. I do want to say, like, uh, Gloria is awesome and amazing. And I just, like, point out how plain spoken and honest and straightforward and strong she was in her beliefs and how cool that comes across as opposed to the way the mealy mouth way that politicians usually speak. And I mentioned Protosewitz winning uh, last week. She won in a dog walk. She won by like nine times the margin Joe Biden won in Wisconsin by, by being honest about her position on abortion and clearly stating she thinks elections should be more fair. People like that stuff. So, you know. 
Speaking of liking that stuff, Michelle Briarton says, hit the like button, everybody. Yeah, thank you. I always forget. Like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Tell your friends, tell your mom and them. Robin Floyd says, thank you, Trey, Mark, and Matt. Matt did great tonight. We had very few videos, so, you know. Kept <laughs> him uh, on top of his game. Uh, yeah. Yeah, all right. So with all that said, yeah, thank you guys for being here. Appreciate it. As a reminder, go to TreyCrowder.com, check out my special, or get tickets to come see me live. You'll love it, I promise you. And if I'm coming near you, then come and see me, TreyCrowder.com. And also, you can go to WeeklySkews.com slash more, or you can go on Patreon and just search for my name. Either way, you can sign up on there, get a bunch of bonus content for both me or the show or both. Whatever you want to do, get some more SKUs in your life and support the program in the process. Either way, the important thing is you keep coming back here every SKUs day. As long as you keep doing that, we'll keep making them. We appreciate y'all. We'll see you next time. Love you. Bye. SKUs.